I know we haven't talked about link building in a while, and I can sense the withdrawal in some of our followers. Pale skin, lack of sleep, extra sunlight sensitivity is typical symptoms of an SEO in link juice deficiency. Don't worry, today we're giving you a fix. And you're in it for a treat because we open the curtain behind the system that we use to get links from incredibly high authority sites without paying for them. Let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Today, we are going to ask Mark again what he's been doing this week. What have you, do, have you been doing, Mark, this week? <laughs> again, I've been working on Authority Hacker Pro blueprints. Surprise, surprise. It's like the least subtle promo, right? I will say, though, like give you a bit of an insight. I'm, I'm really feeling the grind at the moment. Yeah. Usually when Gail and I produce blueprint content, course content, we actually end up filming the same thing usually two or three times. Twice, yeah. Because it's, you do it once and you kind of challenge yourself to like the best way of actually doing it. And often some of our best innovations come during that process when we're when we're trying to like teach it and then figure we figure oh actually the way we're doing it is could be massive <laughs> teach it this way instead yeah i think maybe anyone else who has a, a video course out there will probably appreciate the uh that the just grind it is to to kind of get I think some people don't give a shit too. There's kind of like two categories of course creators, you know, there's those that don't give a shit and just treat it as like a business and those who really care. There's a lot of people who care and correct this. Yeah, the, the minimum viable product crowd, you mean? But yeah, it's like I tried to push it. Like the, the first one I did, like I did, I've, I just finished the editorial system one, which sounds boring, but it's like, it's the way to essentially have a system that allows you to manage like 25 writers on one project, like not just like two or three, which is really cool. And that was a grind. That was hard. I hated it. And I was like, ah, I hate HPro. <laughs> and, and now I'm doing the, I started the cure research one like two days ago. And I've already like shipped like four videos in like one day right now. And uh, I'm having a lot more fun with cure research. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. I've actually like refined some stuff as well. But uh, the overall, just like, I, I know I love doing market research. And people who have been in tests know it. Like, I think it has pretty good reviews the market, the market research file I've done but uh, yeah I really enjoy it and I think uh, the cure research stuff is like I try to keep it simple but at the same time it's really a, a huge collection of tactics and stuff and one thing that I was trying to address is uh, what, what happens if you don't know your niche very well right so uh, I'm doing it in the niche that I don't know very well I can't tell the niche because it's going to be exclusive to HPro it's going to be it's going to be like tasks basically there will be a case study site but like honestly like I've practiced whatever the niche is about once in my life. And so I have no idea. And then I started doing that, that, that tactic to find like this vocabulary that you probably don't know about the niche. And it's like, it's changed completely the cured research. Now I'm looking back at what we've done. It's actually, it's actually quite great. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting, basically. We have a blog post coming up soon. I probably it's going to be up at the time. We're recording podcasts in advance. So uh, obviously there is probably a, a blog post coming up soon. But uh, right now, at the time at which we're recording, I am finishing one on title tags, which sounds boring, but we talk about A-B testing title tags. We talk about how Google has been reducing the size of title tags recently. They've changed the font they use in title tags. And so actually, because the font is bigger, it actually means that you can put less characters in the title tag now. So everyone has their title tags cut off, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, thank you, Google. Another, another great update. 
there's a bunch of cool stuff basically. And it's like what makes people click on title tags and uh, what correlates. But there's even pages without title tags that end up ranking better and stuff like that. It's it's pretty weird. So like we have a person title tag that probably ease up. So you probably can go check in on the blog at this point. But it's not just like what is a title tag. We have that because hey, we want to rank for title tag one day, so we have to have this section in the post. Thank you, Google. But we also have other interesting stuff, and we've scraped 1.5 million title tags actually for that blog post. So it's been it's been quite interesting. But that's not the topic of the podcast today. Actually, just before we get into that, I want to go a little off segment here. For once. Something that's because just before we started, Gail proposed the idea of having a little like news segment at the start of the, the, the podcast to sort of like share what's happening in the SEO world, new online marketing tips, that kind of stuff. And something just coincidentally this morning really caught my eye. So I fired up Twitter, which I never, ever, ever do. Go follow me on there at Mark Webster one. And I was, I have maybe like four or five years ago, I guess I followed Rand Fishkin and he posted this document today, which the U.S. House of Representatives has requested all sorts of documentation and internal communication from Google about, among other things, double click and kind of privacy stuff, but more importantly about the Google algorithm and how uh, sites are ranked in there. Oh, the info treats. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, a few few things with this. First, and someone commented on on Rand's post that they're not sure if anyone in the House of Representatives would understand the documentation were they to receive it. But my understanding is that it's like a request, like a formal request, but they're not actually compelled to give that information. But if they don't, then maybe they'll subpoena it, which I think is uh, then they have to have to. So. So it's, it's just potentially the start of something which could be, be potentially very interesting. You know, I'm, I'm reminded back to the, the 90s with the Microsoft antitrust case and all that. But yeah, I, I feel like it wouldn't surprise me, basically, if there was some kind of proceeding against Google in the next few years around this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, when you've seen the hearing of Mark Zuckerberg in Congress... You tell yourself that it's going to take a while by the time they understand what's happening with Google. But uh, yeah, interesting. I, I don't think it's going to change anything for your, your site rankings anytime soon. So don't expect to bank from this. But it's quite interesting. But we have a, a freaking clickbaity title for this podcast. So we kind of have to deliver, otherwise people are going to hate us. So how do you get a DR90 link for free from a reputable site, Mark? Well, let's sort of start with the backstory then, shall we? Back in 2012, Gail and I ran a, a marketing agency and we worked with clients. We also sold link building packages. Almost all of it was gray hat links back then. Then the Google Penguin update came along and basically wiped out a lot of the stuff we and basically everyone else was doing at that time. So we quickly converted and saw the error of our ways to convert it to doing white hat link building. We got heavily into guest posting. And another thing which came out uh, around that time, I think it had been around for a while, but it became a lot more popular so post-Penguin, was Haro, or helpareporter.com. It never got really big, but people talked a little bit about it. Sure, sure. And we got some like decent links from our clients. We were doing it sort of sporadically here and there. And then when we sort of quit or sold the agency and when we uh, started working on our own sites, we kind of forgot about Haro completely. We were focusing just on getting the products up and, you know, the core link building, your guest post, skyscraper type stuff, making them work more efficiently. However, recently, sort of towards the end of last year, we started to get back into doing Haro again. 
And then very recently, around the summer, we've started to get some really, really good results. Most recently, a DR92 link from AmericanExpress.com, a a do-follow link pointing to our our homepage. There are countless other DR7080 links in there as well from really, really, really good sites, which we would never, ever have been able to get linked from by, you know, doing guest posts or skyscraper outreach, just not the kind of sites that would take it. So big, big sites. So we've kind of found this actually to be a pretty good combination to run Harrow in, in parallel with, with our other link building activities. And yeah, being able to, to get like, to buy DR, DR links from it. I think it's quite good, the Harrow thing. It goes well with the rest of stuff we do, right? So we've talked extensively about showing skyscraper and you should go and listen to this podcast because I think that it's basically what makes it so powerful is they work really well together. Shouting skyscraper is a great way to get a large volume of links. But these links, authority is, you know, average. It's not the strongest sites. Like, you're not going to, like, most sites that are like the R70 plus, like, usually don't react. It does happen. But it's not most of them. Most of your links are probably going to be between the R25 and 65, I would say, in, in shotgun. Like that's kind of the range that we've experienced with like building thousands of them. So it, it's cool, but if you want to have like a diversified link profile and just show different types of links, like not just from blogs, etc., it's kind of cool to bring these higher links, which, as we say, there's a lot of like the R70 plus, 80 plus, even 90 plus links. It's perfect. You get less of them, obviously, and we're not going to tell you you're going to get hundreds of links per month. It's not the case. It's more of a slow burn, this thing. But together with these tactics and things like guest posting, etc., like, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, but like I'm doing my outreach and people are asking me for money and it's not working and all of that. And it's like, you know, a lot of people, when they get like a few requests for money, for example, they're like, it's basically impossible to get free links. And I would argue that in some niches, it's very difficult. Travel, finance, and a few others would, are notoriously difficult. And you're going to get a high percentage of people asking you for money. But if you follow basically this holy trinity of link building, you can still get free links and you can still get a lot of links to your site by combining Shotgun Skyscraper, Haro, and Guest Posting, basically. And so, and that's actually why we're documenting also in the, in the HPRO relaunch actually that's coming up. Like, like Because they work so well together, there's a synergy that's here, basically. That's what I wanted to it also ties into a lot of the the kind of change in direction we've we've taken with our authority sites. If you cast your mind back sort of three, four years ago, or even two, three years ago, I think we were talking about fake personas and yeah, kind of yeah. pretending to be someone and, and, and that kind of stuff. And you've seen us move away from that, you know, putting our real faces out there where where possible and at least recommending other people. Oh, this is a deep fake. This is not my face. Ah. <laughs> we're, we're video recording this as well. So you, you know it's really us. But basically that means that you can interact with journalists and you know, very large sites on, on platforms like Harold as yourself. And you can convincingly do that. So we've seen a lot of, as I said, really good results from it. People like, when, when I talk to, about Harold to people, the problem they have is that, first of all, they've sent like two emails and they got no reply, I got no link. And they just don't know what to say and like uh, and how to actually be appealing in these replies. And they just also don't know how wide they can go, how far away from their niche they can go. So like, how does that work? I'm going to explain kind of what Harrow is in case someone's, well, there's probably quite a lot of people who have never heard of it and can't have an idea of how that works. But what I will say to that is that this is the stereotypical problem which everyone 
who tries link building comes across is that they do a tiny, tiny, tiny amount of it. Um, and then they assess whether it works or not. And usually, you know, you can always get like a few links here or there, but they'll probably find that the efficiency or the effectiveness of it's not that great. And they'll think, oh, this guest posting tactic, it doesn't work. I need to find this new secret tactic, which everyone must be doing. And I'm just haven't, they just haven't told me about it. That's the wrong mentality to have when it comes to link building. The, the right mentality to have is that it's a game that's won in efficiency. The devil is in the detail with link building. You need to be continuously implementing, executing, and improving your systems in order to get good. You can't just expect to start day one with no experience, never having done it before, and have this kind of like amazing results. You will get some results, and that should be enough to kind of motivate you to keep going but you need to be constantly improving and refining your your link building systems in order to eke out those efficiencies and if you keep doing that over time then it becomes really really efficient and yeah you just end up with lots of amazing links so to get back to harrow what is harrow because i think like this is quite important for some people harrow stands for helper reporter out the website is helper reporter dot net no dot dot com uh and basically it's a helperreporter.com that's the address it's an email newsletter that comes out three times per weekday morning noon and night and it contains a number of questions from like journalists from big publications sometimes small publications in there but it, it tends to be kind of larger organizations which are using it And they are looking for experts, looking for sources, looking for people to give advice, recommendations, tips, the kind of information that you can't just get from, from Google. You know, a lot of writers when they're writing content will just search for the query and have a look through what's in there and then just kind of put some kind of mix up of, of everything that they can pull off of Google. This platform allows writers and journalists to, to reach like a big pool of potential experts and topic experts and, and ask them questions, get their advice, get their input. So you basically answer one of the questions which will appear on these newsletters. And there can be hundreds sometimes on the bigger ones on a busy day. And then if your answer or the, the comment that you've kind of given is selected or is approved or is chosen, then they'll feature it on their website and then they'll link back to you, uh, link back to your website or whatever kind of profile you give to them. So it's a good way to kind of build your brand, build your, get your name out there and build your kind of visibility across uh, a number of sites, which you probably wouldn't ever Im have imagined getting um, links from. Or, or they're not even on your list often, you know, they're kind of like not blogs, you know, they're like yeah. either big companies or they're like, I can't remember. I think at some point we got like a link from like an accounting software, like a big one of the big ones, like QuickBooks or something. There's a lot of SaaS companies on there for sure. You have, uh, I mean, I was just looking today. Uh, there's like the LA Times is on there with a question about cat owners who use CBD oil. Reader's Digest had a question about how to decline a job offer. Vogue, the magazine, had a question about how to get a better night's sleep. Uh, there's another one about looking for recommendations for books about virtual reality. So really, like, it's very broad. The, the, they split it into different topics. You have like health, business, finance, uh, sports. There's always a lot of personal things like parenting, relationships, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They have a high tech section as well for like uh, crypto and, and you know SaaS type queries. And honestly, just about anything you can imagine has been on Harrow at, at some point.
Is it worth answering questions that are like not related to your business? Yes, it absolutely. So it's like if they're like, uh, if I need to talk about my dog or something, like, and we get a link to a Tory hacker, you think it's worth it? I think it is. Yes. Okay. So here's the problem with with relevance. Most people think, okay, I am authority hacker. We talk about online marketing and SEO, but that's all we will answer our questions about. But that's kind of the wrong way to approach things. You as a business owner naturally are wearing many different hats when you run your website, run your business. You've got your finance hat. You've got your HR for, for all the hiring. You're probably into a lot of like productivity, maybe some health and fitness so you can improve your productivity. Maybe you can like loop in stuff from your personal life. If you paid off your student loan or you, I don't know, bought a house or something. If you have a cat and you use CBD, for example. Exactly. <laughs> There's stuff that absolutely anyone can take part of as well. Like what's your best Christmas gift ideas or something like that. So where most people go wrong is, is, is by not kind of thinking broad enough and thinking, oh, I'm, I'm not an HR expert. I shouldn't answer that. But the fact is, if you've been hiring writers on Upwork or VAs from online jobs or PH for your site or something like that, you are kind of an HR expert. You've been doing this and you are qualified to answer. As much as anyone that published a Kindle book on the topic, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this, we're, we're kind of getting into like, what is an expert? What is a, a, a real authority? Um, it, it's whatever you kind of, kind of get away with, to be honest with you. You know, you, you made a good point about the, the Kindle book and, oh, I'm, I'm a best-selling author now that I sold 37 books on some obscure category of Amazon. You don't need to be like a PhD, Nobel, whatever it's called, win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> Definitely <Yeah>. not you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To qualify yourself as an, as an expert, that's not the case. And the sites you're getting links from in, in these cases are very valuable. Okay, you know, if you're, you're running a tennis site and you get a, a link from American Express talking about your hiring processes or something like that, then, you know, it's not a tennis link, but I mean, tell me someone who would say no to that DR92 link, you know? Yeah, I think it just lifts your page rank. Even if it doesn't raise your relevancy, it lifts your page rank nicely. Like these are really strong links. Uh, it's just nice to be associated with these sites in general, like these really reputable sites. It's just being in the same neighborhood. Yeah. And, and as I said, this absolutely does not interfere with any other link building you're doing. So you can run Harrow processes concurrently with any other type of link building you're doing. If you're struggling to, I don't know, put out more uh, outreach messages a day, or maybe your sending limit's too low, or, or you just, I don't know, for whatever reason, you're, you're not kind of maxing out your, your time and you have more time to spend, then get into Harrow, start doing that. It's really, really good. Yeah, anyway, you're not going to get the, the volume of these links that so that it's just going to like change your relevancy in a crazy way. And anyway, these are these sites are so big and so broad, they really talk about most topics in general. Like apart from about when you go in for broad niches, I mean, it's usually like there will be at least authorities in a broad niche, so like health and fitness, business, whatever else, you know, because the volume is not very high. It's, it's nice to have. It's a nice thing. It really gives a lot of legitimacy to link profile. And also, if you want to sell your site, these are the links you want to show off to the buyers. Like, probably a good idea to run Howrow just before you want to sell the site. Yeah, often when people are looking at a site, they'll go to someone, something like Ahrefs, and then they'll order... It's the top links that show first, yeah. Uh, DR. I think it's by default, it's ordered by UR. UR? Uh, yeah, UR, I, I think right? so. 
But even then, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these pages, because they're on such high DR sites, um, they're going to pick up a lot of links and they're going to have a, a really high uh, URL rating anyway. Yeah. But yeah. It works really well. Like, it's really nice. Like, you show that to a buyer and they're like, oh, these are great links. Like, I, I like this site. And you'll get a better multiple, you'll close the deal easier, like all of that. It's, it's really something that just even running for a few months can, can do a big deal. Especially, like, I'm thinking about the people who run, like, PBNs and stuff, right? There is people who run these things and a lot of people who do that. Like, add a bit of that on top. I think that would, like, that would go a long way with selling your site and all just legitimizing it, you know? So that's cool. But, like, I think the one thing that's scary is, like, you see that question and you're like, you know that if you don't answer, like, these journalists, they probably expect a certain format of answer. If you don't follow that format, then I'm sure you don't get much results, right? So how does that work? First thing I would say is there's, like, for some queries, that's true. But there's also a big chunk of people, a big chunk of journalists and publishers who use Harrow to basically write their entire article for, for yes. There's certain queries which will come out and they end up being published on an article, which is something like 100 entrepreneurs share their best tips for getting started. So around the preview, basically. It's a roundup uh, industry roundup. It's an industry roundup, yeah. And, and they're using Harrow for that. But when they do these kind of queries, they're going to take basically every query that comes back. I mean, I've seen some pretty like mediocre responses for some of these uh, like generic businessy questions on some pretty big websites. And I, I think they must have just taken absolutely anyone who, who just submitted a, a response. So to that end, as long as you're just like there. Until we release this podcast. <laughs> and as long as you just say anything, then for those types of queries, you will actually get a link or there's a, a quite a high chance you'll, you'll get a link. Now, yeah. obviously, that's like for a like small subset of, of links. Yeah, I'm waiting for Cal Roof to submit a Laura Mipsum answer just to see yeah. if he can get a link or something. Absolutely. But, but for some of the more sort of advanced queries where they may not pick 100, but they might pick, you know, two, three, four, five, five people, you still have a very good chance of, of getting, um, getting in there to just by showing up. And you don't need to do much to kind of like stand out from, from other people. There's a lot of like, you know, VAs type people who are just kind of churning answers and they're really, really generic. I've hired for this role in the past. By the way, this DR92 link we got, it was a, I think, $8 an hour VA that we hired on Upwork that actually wrote the query. And when I was hiring for that position, I was looking at some of the other applicants who were getting in and they were showing me examples of, of their, their responses. And we, we actually took a couple of Harrow queries from like earlier that day and put it on Upwork as the questions that they needed to answer for the application would go through. Yeah, yeah. It's a good sense. way to kind of compare what people were, were doing. And there were some horrendously like boring, generic like answers. Is that, was that like a funny one or something crazy that people said? No, not really. It was just kind of like ah. either boring or just like very good, very engaging. So you're talking about outsourcing, right? So like, how did you find these people? I remember that there was, we had some trouble finding, finding the right people for this, right? Yeah, so I think initially what we did was we were aiming too high. We were like, oh, let's get an online marketing expert with lots of writing experience and who, who's a great internet researcher and then they can really nail these, these queries. And you know, such a person just doesn't exist. You can't hire high-end internet marketers to do your Harrow for you, unfortunately. That's probably a symptom of the IM industry, though. I think maybe if you're like a tennis blog, you could quite easily hire a, 
professional tennis player to you know respond to i've seen it if it's the site the, the site we're working on for h pro right now that we're getting like really qualified people yeah for very reasonable rates that would probably pick the horror stuff up easily as well right exactly exactly but so we had to adapt in that situation though so we ended up just going like at the lower end so looking for uh i think our job description was literally like va or something like that uh, on, on, on upwork we went and invited a bunch of people who had harrow in their uh, job profile somewhere we just searched for it and invited them and then um there were a bunch of other people applied as well and then one of them was was very very good but the point is, is it's not difficult to, to find someone to answer these these queries. Remember, a lot of them, a lot of the queries you're getting on Harrow are quite generic, especially like the business, HR, finance type ones, which we respond to quite a lot. You know, a lot of them can be researched or, you know, worst case, I can make like a 30 second audio clip and just send it to the person and they can kind of write it up in a bit nicer. What's the success rate on outsourced queries? Like uh, if we did ourselves, it could be probably pretty high but i'm more interested in the outsource version the success well i mean you, you saw we got this dr92 link from uh from outsource outsourcer so that is i mean pretty pretty that's the best link. That, that's cool but i want to know like how many queries we answer and how many links we get basically yeah i don't have those numbers in front of me uh, okay <laughs> okay would you say it's pretty high or pretty low i'd say it's lower than if we're doing it ourselves for sure but we pay that person eight to ten dollars an hour, so I guess it's more like you take what you get. It's not really a hassle. How much input do we give that person actually? None. It's so they just pick it up and they do everything. Yeah, hundred percent. As I said, this is not an overly complex query. Like where it makes a difference in terms of getting, and and this is how you win Harrow really, is in sharing your own stories or experiences, because journalists and publishers on on Haro, they don't want to kind of go out there and just get get what someone else has just Googled and sent to them. That's that's what they're trying to avoid because they can just Google things themselves, of course. What they're looking for from you as a source is a story. So um, if, if they're asking you about hiring, say, then give them a story about a time when you were hiring someone or you were applying for a job or something which affected you. How did that make you feel? They're, like That's what journalists are looking for is the, the human touch, the story. And it's very difficult, at least we found, for, for VAs to kind of communicate that because they don't have the reference experience that you as a, as a business owner may have. Sometimes they can, they can get good at faking it, but it's just never going to be quite as good as your own. I mean, you know, all the hiring stories and mishaps we've had over the years, Gail, I mean, we, there's always a story that we can talk about when there's a Harrow query about hiring. It's just like, I, I, it kind of depends on like, there's going to be the people that are fine with doing this and there's people that are like more excited about the outsourcing part, right? You cover the outsourcing part in the blueprint, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. What I will say though, in terms of numbers, is that I think at the moment we're getting around about 20 to 25% success rate. So that's one in four, one in five queries we respond to, we'll get a link from. That's decent. How much does a query cost to answer to? Earlier this year, I think that was down. It was down about like 16, 17%. So we've definitely gotten better in, in our approach um, through like kind of structuring it in the way of, uh, of, of, of sharing the story. One other thing which I want to mention, but what was your question you just asked? Sorry. How much does it cost to reply a query when we outsource it? 
more or less? It takes about 20 minutes for someone to, to respond to it. 20 minutes of someone, we pay $10 an hour? Yeah. So that's $2? Yeah. No, that's... Uh, no, sorry. It's, it's more. It's not $2. That's $3.3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably some Upwork fees in there as well, but yeah, basically. So let's say five bucks. Let's call it an even four. <laughs> okay. 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 That's pretty good then. And then 25, let's say 20, 25%. So let's say one in five. Definitely don't get as much as high success rate when it's outsourced. It's like 15, 20%, something. So let's say, tw- let's say, okay, I'm going to say 20 because it's easier to do math, but it's like, let's say five bucks, 20%. So basically it's like 25 bucks to get a, to get a link. Yes. But put it this way. You posted on one of your social medias the other day. How much would you pay for a DR92? It was a toy hacker. It wasn't me. It was uh, the anonymous social media person we have. We don't have. Okay, fine. <laughs> was it actually you or was it someone else? It was me. Okay, cool. What were some of the numbers which people were responding to with? So, I mean, uh, someone, that, Danny Fris, who I know has been buying and selling a lot of links, says that it's worth around $2,000. Some people say $1,500, basically, for this. I mean, not every link is an American Express link, though, but still. But how, how many hours of VA time? Yeah, that's a lot. dollars kind of get you, you know? Probably the rest of their lives. No, it, no, it's not that, that crazy. But the, well, to be fair, though, you don't need someone full-time to do this. We, we need someone maybe an hour, an hour and a bit per day uh, top. And that's the thing with Harrow. It's all about kind of consistently being there and answering, you know, as soon as these emails come out. They, they come out three times a day at like 5.45, 12.45 and 5.45 p.m. Eastern time. So convert that to wherever you are. And then we just have a, a, a VA kind of like standing by, ready to go as soon as the, they come out. And then we just were one of the first to, to respond usually. Um, and um, that, that seems to help get, get... Is answering fast a big factor? And it's not a huge factor. No, there's a lot of information out there online about doing Harrow. And that's one of the things that they all say. So we actually tracked it over like six months, like the exact time the query came out and the time we responded to, we responded to it and whether, you know, it resulted in a link or not. And it affected it like a very, very small amount, but like not, yeah. not significantly. I mean, think about the process of the content procreation process of the journalists, right? Do you think they're really refreshing the inbox all the time? <laughs> like they probably just like throw the query and check it like three days later. And just go through it, I guess. Actually, there might actually be um, be an advantage in not being first because essentially you're at the bottom of the inbox, you know? Well, I kind of equate it like when I'm hiring for a role, I'll pay a lot of attention to like the earlier resumes or the earlier applications that come in. But then after I've been through, you know, 50 of them. Yeah, once you have what um, you need. I, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm going through the 51st one much faster than I'm going through the, you know, first, second or third ones. So you're saying speed is important then? Speed is important, but don't obsess over it. Like it's just being there and responding to the queries is the most important thing. And most people don't do that. So as if you're there, if you're responding, even if it's a little bit late, you know, the next day or whatever, they all come with deadlines. So as long as you're within the deadline timeframe, then you're going to get links. You you just show up and get links. (laughs) Really? Okay. Well, sometimes you don't need to think too much, you know? You said earlier that we improved our success rate compared to the beginning of the year. What did we do to improve? So the types of responses we were giving are a lot better now than they were before. So we had a 
a sheet where we monitored basically all of the queries we were sending and which ones were getting getting links and these kinds of things. And just really like, honestly, just like thinking about what we were doing, thinking about what we were saying and trying to stand out a bit more. So a good example is like book recommendations come up a lot. So journalists will ask, what, what was your favorite book to get started as an entrepreneur or something like that? And then when you replied Fifty Shades of Grey, that didn't work out, I guess. <laughs> and then, I've never read it, actually, but there's probably, you know, a couple dozen people who respond with like the four-hour work week to that question. So if you think about it from that perspective, what is your chance of getting in if you're, if, if you're saying something like quite common? But if you come up with like something a little bit edgy, a little bit different, maybe a little bit controversial even, then you can often get uh, picked up picked up easier. So little things like that that just add an extra zero point five percent success rate to to things kind of add up add up over time. Another thing which works particularly well is like making the life easier on the publisher. So a lot of times what they will do is they will literally copy and paste a paragraph or a, a few paragraphs of your response into their article. Uh, so you want to write in such a way that it's possible to do that. So don't be putting you know notes and brackets to the journalist within the paragraph or writing in, in, in that sense. Write in such a way that it's quotable and it's, they can easily lift it into their, into their content. Uh, again, it's a small thing, but... It, it, it makes a little bit of a difference and it, it all adds up. Cool. You know what I think we forgot? We forgot to plug the webinar. So I'm going to do that right now. Please stand by. No, I'm kidding. But we actually have a really cool webinar where we don't talk about how, but we talk about a lot of other stuff on starting a brand new authority site, like you know, picking your niche, finding your first keywords, branding your site, building your first links, all the kind of stuff that you need to figure out to start making some money with your site. There is a sales pitch for our st starter course at the end of this webinar, but the webinar itself is really good value, actually. I promoted it in several podcasts, and I'm actually getting messages from people that really enjoyed it. So if you want to check it out, you can go on atoyahacker.com. There's a huge button on top of the page. Click on it, and we'll see you there. That's pretty much it. I wanted to add something to this, because Howl is not the only way to get links from journalists, right? Right. So just, just before you get into yours, uh, there are a couple of services which are, are similar to Harrow. They basically do the same thing. We've tried them all and they're all terrible. So just like Harrow, the, the good thing about Harrow as well is it's free. So it doesn't cost you anything to sign up. So it's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's actually another free way to get uh, links from journalists. It's not as reliable as Harrow, but it, it does work. And I have gotten links from this before. And it's actually on Twitter. There's two hashtags. The first one is journal request, journal, G-O-U-R-N-O, -O, and then request. And the second one is PR request. And if you're in the latest tweets, I mean, you'll see there's a lot. Like if you go now, you'll find tweets from like two minutes ago, you know, like let me check now, actually. Yeah, 27 seconds, you know, it's like uh, there's quite a lot of stuff. The, the hashtag Haro exists as well, by the way. So some people actually like hashtag Haro, that kind of stuff. And you can just reply to people like, you'd be like, hey, I have an answer. And then they add you, they follow you. And you send your answer in DM on Twitter. And that's how you do it. Or they send you an email. Um, but basically, you're like, hey, I'm interested. I can help you on this. And then people get back to you. I got some links from this. It does work. And usually, like, you can check the Twitter profile of who tweeted it. But they are often real journalists. And you can see where they write as well. So you actually have a bit of control because how they don't really tell you where you're going to blend, essentially. That's one thing that we didn't mention. Well, that, that's an interesting 
because uh, about half the time the publication will be listed and you can you know check out their dr and, and all that kind of stuff harrow tends to only work with bigger publications so usually not always but usually it's a, it's a fairly decent link i have seen some like horrendous sites slip through but it, it's the exception uh, rather than the rule harrow though they don't always tell you when you get the link so what happens is what they're supposed to do is when they accept your submission, they will, they're supposed to sort of tell you, hey, here's the link, it's live now, you can, you can check it out. And around like 60% of the time they'll do it, but the other 40% just don't bother. Uh, so you have to kind of find them yourself. So either by checking Ahrefs new links and just keep an eye on it, look for new brand mentions if you have the email alerts thing set up, or by using Google, the search function where you select where you can search by date, so like you know, new articles or new results. So you can copy paste part of your answer too. That works pretty well. Yeah, you can. Uh, it takes takes longer if you're if you're responding to a lot of the if you're responding to a lot of queries. Though, so well, usually they just pop in Ahrefs. Like that's how I find them. Usually, like they just I'm checking uh, we, the new we links. We get about half of them through Ahrefs, but honestly, it, Ahrefs doesn't get the other half initially. Maybe it just takes longer crawl or something. So we we get we check check that once a. You know, twice a month or something. Okay, so that is the first way of getting uh, of getting newspaper links, and it's also very. It's not newspapers; it can be big blogs as well, etc. That's really cool. Honestly, I, I didn't know about that. I'm going to. <laughs> I see you take notes actually right now. Yeah, I've got Twitter <laughs> open on my phone right now. Here just... we have to do a podcast, so we start talking to each other. It's great, you know. Yeah, we're we're going to implement this very very soon. Where we. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. It's it's not as filtered as Haro, so you need like add a little bit of filtering. But but you know. If you want to get more of the same, then that's a great place to start. And then the second one is a self-service PR type software. So there's two I mentioned, I noticed here. The one is kind of new, it's justreachout.io, which um, they basically like give you templates, they give you the contact of a journalist, and they're like, you know, this guy writes about technology, this guy writes about business, etc. You can just pitch them your story if you have a story. And then you can pitch them like, I don't know, like usually it's for like, startup stories or it can be like an angle that you're taking so for example for us let's say like we were selling again the shotgun skyscraper blueprint right let's say we did a, a new launch for this then we could literally, literally like write a big blog post on like why most businesses would benefit from building moldings to their site and then maybe have case studies there etc and then literally just rewrite the case studies as a pitch story for a journalist and then that's a great story for uh, a broader type business type publication to publish from like experts with real case studies, real numbers, it's, it's engaging, etc. So that's the kind of stuff that you can use it for. Uh, and the second one I have is grouphigh.com. We actually used to use grouphigh a long time ago. Um, it's pretty good, but again, you need, to, you need to have your angle to pitch people. So it's not as plug and play as how all the hashtags because you kind of like need a PR strategy to go with it. Yeah, group high is more like outbound. Isn't it like a database kind of thing? Yeah, it's basically. But they they also like send emails, etc. Now they've been they've updated. Obviously, it was a long time ago we used it. But yeah, same thing. You, these two, you kind of need a PR strategy. You need an angle. You need a story that will be appealing to journalists. But if you do, then it's a great way to get more of these type of uh, really high DR links, basically, and pitch uh, be on the radar of journalists in general. So that's basically it for this podcast. Do you have anything else to say on? Getting links from newspapers in general. No, it's just it's totally worth it. And if you're not doing any link building, don't do this first because, as I said, it's not 
super scalable in the way that you can scale guest posting or, or outreach, but it's such a like consistent, like slow ticking stream of links. So it's totally worthwhile doing once you kind of have your, your link building team or your link building process already established. Okay, so that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Actually, H Pro is coming out on Sunday. So it's coming out pretty soon. And there's a full blueprint on executing this Haro strategy, like how to do it, how to structure your answers, answers templates, like all pretty much everything you need. And a bunch of other stuff that we have and will talk more about. So expect some communication from us. If you're not on our email list and you want to be updated, just go and sign up to the webinar on the homepage. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, don't forget to subscribe wherever you are. You're on Spotify, you're on iTunes, you are on Google Podcasts, whichever we are on all of them. So just subscribe, drop us a review if you enjoyed it and have a good week. Bye.